0: oh yeah oh yeah can I get up what's up enterprisers welcome to another episode of the enterprise now podcast where we shape the mindset of the high achiever to think like an entrepreneur we talk with masters of the craft to get the cheat codes to success helping elite enterprisers level up and maximize their brand I'm your host LZ the mayor now let's get to it All right, Mr. Fred Birchfield. I appreciate the time sitting down to talk with us. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Losing my voice, but I'm good. Well, hopefully we don't cause you to lose your voice in it, during this conversation. But I'm curious to know what you do, how you got here, and how it all works. Because I'm relatively new to the whole all the the whole app and the SaaS founder uh, world. But before we get into any of that good stuff, can I get a oh yeah, oh yeah, the Randy.
1: That's that's right, man. (laughs)
0: Legendary.
1: (laughs) Rained through my house for years. Yeah, yeah. So, were you a huge fan or... You know what? Just watching my dad with it, and it grew on me through the Hulk Hogan and Mr. T, and you know these pythons when they come in for you, all of that, man. Yeah, I think I even had the
0: little figurines too. Mm -hmm. So it's it's cool. I had a few. I had a few in my day. It's cool. So did you? Were you a part of that conversation on if, if it's staged or if it's real or all that? Or
1: yeah, in a way. For me, I used to think that it was staged until as I got older, and you know, you start to look deeper into some things and I had a family member who kind of got off into that like semi-pro and I'm like wow it really is real and I'm just like but as these guys start to get older you start hearing like Hulk Hogan had a hip replacement like wow you know so you learn to appreciate it you know I go back now and I think as a
0: kid like the real athletes for me, I have a better appreciation of it now that I understand entertainment and business, what they've done with the sport, because it is a sport. It's just from a business perspective, it's phenomenal. Um, and I think we could, we could all take notes from wrestling, whether it's WWF, WWE, all those folks and how they capture, maintain and monetize attention.
1: You know, the thing is, is that I catch myself, and this was even before, I guess I could really call myself an entrepreneur, is that I've always wondered, what was the plan to make that happen? Where's that business plan? I would love to see that. Oh, where's the pitch deck? I would love to see that. What we'll closed the deal for somebody to let this happen? Yeah. So it's like, you know, for me now, yeah, like you said, you look back and it's just like, man, this had to be all hands on deck. Somebody's idea, this just took off. So, yeah. I mean, it entertained millions of people. So it still do. You know, I think um, it's just about as big as almost the NFL. Mm-hmm. So,
0: yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Now, how did you get into Arena Eats? I know that that's fast forwarding a lot. There's a lot happened between the the days of watching uh, wrestling (laughs) with your dad to to now. But uh, Uh, give me the give me the short version. The short version
1: of it is, is that basically right now, which I feel that a lot of companies don't look at, I feel that a lot of teams or venues don't look at. Anybody can build a mobile app platform, but as sure as I'm sitting here with you today, if you go into the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store, nobody reads the reviews. You have so many upset fans, hey, this doesn't work, or someone who paid, and I won't drop a name, $17 million for a hookup from one of my competitors, and the app rates at 28 stars, I'm sorry. For that kind of money, you should be five, Mm -hmm. five stars. Mm -hmm. But the thing that gets me is that the consumer is everything. With COVID, if we haven't learned that if there's no fans, there's no revenue. So if you got a fan on there with a concern that's talking about a project that you brought in and it's not working and no one addresses that, I mean, there's no addressing from the team, from the developer or anything. So I saw that as a means to step up to the plate Mm -hmm. and come with something different.
0: Now how'd you get there right is your background in app development? Are you a recovered engineer like me how How'd you get into the this tech space you know what uh, honestly self taught okay
1: self-taught. I tell a lot of people a lot of times, you know, you can sit back and figure out like, man, am I really supposed to be here? But to me, you got to have drive and you can't quit. If you in, it's because you trying. You get up, you learn from it, you adjust, you come back. It's been a lot of sleepless nights trying to understand this business, but I did. And um, proudly, all done in-house, nothing outsourced, no investors, no nothing.
0: So you basically bootstrap with no boots or straps. Yes, I feel that in my soul. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, as raw as it gets. So, uh,
1: yeah, that's basically it. That's the open the crack door for why Irvine Eats is here. I just saw an opportunity that most tech giants can I really say care less about? Yeah, I can. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you
0: can say whatever you want. This is my show and you're my guest, so you can say whatever you want.
1: Yeah, that's how I really feel about it. I just think a lot of times what it has come down to is just the dollar amount that they can rake in instead of, to me, it's oversell, it's quality, you know, and you oversell it and you make sure your product works. So this is why I'm sitting here with you
0: got it so educate me on the on the business i have no clue how this whole space works so give me give me some tools what is this space and how does it work well you know what arena eats is not just food it's a full contactless
1: ordering app for any sports venue, any live sports, any sports in general, high school, wherever you want to put it. But it covers from food and beverage, ticket sales, social media. Um, You can actually place food orders through social media while you're on social media. It also has um, turn-by-turn Google Maps. I'm a partner with Google. We're partners with YouTube. YouTube is also on the app as well. Uh, Uber has just been added to Arena Eats 2.0, which that's what we're in the process of building right now, which is going to have AI and update versions of geofencing. It's gonna be able to stream live sports at the same time with everything running. You can do um QR codes, just it's, it's jam packed. Add space for added revenue.
0: So it's essentially um <laughs> attraction, um fan ma- en- maintain fan engagement maintenance and engagement and monetization yes. of of attention, basically. Yeah. So it's it's, it's wrestling, but yeah. it's in an app yeah. and we're we're hitting people right where it counts in the right. in their belly. Right. Got it. And um, the homework for it is that most of the fans here where I've done my homework, they
1: didn't care nothing about an app telling them where the parking space is or how many people in the bathroom. They care less about that. I just heard, look, as long as I can get my food and grab my beer and I ain't got to miss none of the action, I'm good. Yeah. That's what I ran with. Okay. Okay. So... Tearing down an app about a billion times, learning from past mistakes with it. And then I eventually ended up sitting down with Amazon, became partners on AWS infrastructure. The app is cloud-based. Just finding ways to make it stronger. Reliability and
0: dependability was big for me because that's what's missing in the sports tech sector. It's almost like you're reading my notes because that was going to be my very next question. It's like, OK, what are folks not doing that they should be doing in this space? Other than uh, I heard you say reliability and making sure that the quality of, of the product is stellar. What are some of the other things that you, when you look in the space in the, uh, in the industry that you are implementing and incorporating that's, that's a little bit different?
1: I'm trying to change the way sports tech business is done. For me, you know, it's not about chasing the dollar bill. It's a personal experience. So it's like, you know, if at your venue, at your sports property, I want to work hand in hand with you to make sure we eats, meets your goals. I want you to know if a fan has a great or not. Most of these sports teams and stuff don't even have a relationship with their fans. They don't even have a clue, you know? So, but whoever they're working with is not forwarding that information. They're just saying, look, you got a boost in this. You got that and that. It's more to it than that. And being a sports fan myself, I'm big on customer service. If you screw me once, I will not be back. You know, it's just how it is. I'll stay home and watch a game from home, you know, so and I realized that and if you want these fans to come back, you have to be on it. You know, they just don't want to just come and see LeBron James and somebody spending their money and with prices of tickets constantly going up. Yeah, I mean, you ask yourself the question, why would I come sit here, be treated like this when I can stay home, stream the game, I can pause the game, go to the bathroom, come back and finish eating my sandwich, and play the game. It's a no-brainer. So to me, I just wanted Arena Eats to be able to step in, and no matter if you're sitting on the floor or you're sitting in the upper tier, you feel like you're VIP. You have everything at your fingertips on demand.
0: Now, what is the the connection with Arena Eats and the, the session stands? Are you guys facilitating the delivery of the food as well, or what's that relationship? Well, what what we
1: do is we just run a platform, Okay, but we do have we do have recommendations. Concessionaires will have their own staff. Mm -hmm. Uh, Rini East offers in-seat delivery, pre-order, you can pre-order three or four hours before the game. Set a time, whether if you want to do express pickup on your way to your seat, or if you want to meet it at your seat. You can have these options. We kind of would think that you know what. Once the app is on, we can't slow it down. So if you're getting hit, you got to make sure we like to discuss staff, that which is very important. Because if it's not a balance, and fans are not being happy because things are unorganized or it's not, you don't have enough staff. Well, if you don't look good, we don't. So the thing is, is that we try to. Come up with a strategy. Every venue is different. Everybody's goals are different. And we did have a client who just couldn't keep up with the in seat delivery. And we was just like, and he's like, no, that's what I want. I'm like, I get that. That's not working, you know? And it's like, let's just run the rest of this. And what happened? It was a long story, some other stuff involved.
0: So is that a part of the relationship with the with these vendors? It's just um, I heard you say you're making sure that they can keep up with demand. Are you getting feedback from fans that you're handing off to both the concessionaires and the the sports team?
1: Yes. Um, inside of Arena Eats, when you place your order, whether if it's in seat or express pickup or pre-order, once you go through everything, your name, your email, you put in your payment information, Arena Eats will send a e-receipt to your email. In that e-receipt, you would have your order, the amount. Um, there's also a window and you can rate it five stars and there's always, there's a window for a message. If you had any issues, please feel free to leave a remark. We will follow up with you ASAP. So we made the software so intuitive that it would make a fan want to say something, whether if it's good or bad. And it's straightforward. Fans, is a challenge with the visual. They don't want a whole lot to read, okay? So you have to keep the tension span where it's just like, oh, receipt. Huh, I can rate this. You know, a five-year-old can do it. So that was my whole thing. You go from a five-year-old to a senior citizen ordering food. You want them to be able to experience that. So, yeah, Arena Eats is jam-packed with just about every feature a sports fan would love.
0: Okay. So if I'm a concessionaire, what is the one thing that you can share with us that they're listening to this this episode or watching that they can implement to make their work with you smooth? You know what? Um, Outside of staff, make sure you have a, a good staff. And and it's understood that the food is good. Like that's that. Hopefully that goes without saying. Absolutely. So make sure you're staffed up. Make sure your food tastes good. What what's yeah, what's make the sure you enough? staffed up. Um, make sure the
1: food is good and just be ready to roll and let Arena East do everything else. Because you're gonna see a jump. It's gonna be a jump in food sales. You're gonna see that. Me and my staff will take care of everything else. You know, and the beauty of it is is that I can make sure everybody's taken care of right from my living room. I don't even have to be in the building. So the thing is is that, you know, it's a win-win. Like restaurants. Concessionaires, it's a hard business. Like I said, you're paying a lease and then the house gets a fraction of what you sell, you know, and it's like, you know, to me, like I said, I'm not a selfless founder. I'm not cold hearted. I realize that it's, that's a lot of hard work in giving them something to try to make more money. You've seen a lot of good places come and go because of that.
0: Now, does the app have in, um, in-app in ads or advertising as well? Yes. Okay. Um,
1: We can pretty much, if a team has sponsors or partners, we can put in a chat wall, we can put in a photo gallery, and we can spotlight every partner on any given night that they will want to choose from. If they want them to come on and tell a story or whatever it is, Harry's plumbing or something like that, we can showcase that. Which basically, for most venues, if it's a small market, that's a way of helping them generate revenue because their partners or sponsors are paying for marketing somewhere else. This way, you got your brand in a fan's pocket. It. they're taking you home at any given time they want to push anything about any one of their sponsors we can do push notifications for that and have stuff reach out or geo fencing and all of this stuff which is real informative you know you got i mean, eats is talking to you about one of your sponsors they may go patronize that business that's pretty much my mindset is that you know what not just focus on just sports there's a lot of revenue to be made and to me how i like to say it is not leaving any meat on the bone if you're gonna do it do it right
0: yeah, and I would think as a concessionaire, as many touch points as you could possibly have, even if there's not a game or um, or an event, get just being top of mind and being in um, some of, of them who they have uh, retail or uh, locations that they can send people to, this would be an opportunity to, well, you know to what? be. They're just as important as the owner of the team that we may be dealing with. They're
1: more, They're just as important as the owner of the arena that we're dealing with. You know, they have a voice, too. So it's a lot of different relationships. And of course, I would like to hear their voice. If you have two or three other locations outside of this place and you want to push that uh, push notifications, I don't see why the owner of that establishment wouldn't allow that to happen. You know, so where they can't broadcast, hey, we're also out of the stadium as well. You know, come by and pay us a visit. What's wrong with
0: that? Yeah. I heard you say that uh, it's managing a lot of relationships. Before we hit record, we were talking about, how can I uh, summarize it? So we were talking about being respectful of other people in spaces and give us some tips. What are ways to maintain, build and grow effective relationships?
1: I'm going to say it in a way where I'm not being too raw. Just because you own a business and it doesn't matter if the sand that goes now, if you got it out the mud and nothing was handed to you, it wasn't who you knew or none of this stuff, is to always be grounded and realize who you are. If I treat a person coming out in a suit the same way I would treat the janitor, it's probably mopping the floors of the hallway. Mm-hmm. Because that's just how I am. I was just brought up that way. Always being upfront, truthful. Always be hungry. But at the same time, be willing to hear a no. A no doesn't mean never. It's just not right now. You know, so, you know, I think in a firm handshake and eye contact goes a long way. A lot of that is missing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Today.
0: So before we record, we were talking a little bit about that you get a lot of outreach. Like people are reaching out to you. And you're, you know, doing your best to respond to everybody and to to be approachable. What happens when you can't do that anymore? Like, you're literally, you're getting so many, you know, inquiries, questions. You simply cannot, like, physically cannot answer all of them. I I know it's a hard one for you because you want to, you know, you want to be approachable. You want to respond to everything. But at some point, you might grow to the point where that's not possible anymore.
1: Well, you know what? This leads to an earlier conversation me and you had where my brand didn't have a face and that was for a reason. I don't really care for labels. You know, I don't, you know, founder, CEO. I really don't care for that. You know, I'm Fred. And that's just how I stepped into this. And that's how I am. The thing is, is that, you know, I just feel like, I don't know, man, just just good business. I just had, I just brought up that way. My grandmother was real, real uptight on that. And I watched her as me being a kid. She appreciated good business. If you didn't give it, then you missed out on something and she's not coming back. So my thing is that, you know what, I hang my hat on that. And not to mention that getting off into this business, you know, when you call someone and it's more than once or president of a team and, you know, and it's like, okay, you just can't seem to get through, but you know what you got. And it's just like, wait a minute. I always look at a situation and I learn from it. I don't want to be like that. But when I can't, when it gets to the point where I can't, that's normally when it spills from my offices downtown to my home office. And then I'm sitting, I'm sitting in there with a glass of wine, still trying to get through. But then a lot of times it's like, you know what? I'm not going to lie about it. I'll get people contacting me like, Hey, this is my third time. You know what? And I'm on it. There's times when I can't, but the one thing that I'm learning is, is that I can be everywhere and. What you have to do is where you're kind of weak, you have to go out and find the right people that's stronger to step in to help you, you know, but your business become like your, like, like your kid. So, you, you know, you feel like, you know, can't nobody do it like I would. So I had to kind of suppress that, you know, but I'm dealing. I'm a work in progress.
0: So when you explode and I shoot you an email, you're not going to send me to your secretary. No. In other words, that's no. what I'm t- saying. <laughs> No, so Fred, Fred's gonna push me off to his his people. And say, you have your people talk to my people. No, no,
1: you might. <laughs> I'll tell you if it's real crazy, you might not get me at first, but you gonna receive something. If you got me from a phone, or I got your phone number. At any given time, like oh, I got a second, oh, let me text Elsie real quick. Mm-hmm. You know, I find my ways of getting in. Yeah, you know, I try my hardest. But I can tell you it is hard. But do I see why most executives don't do it? Sure. But to me, it's still like, I don't know. It just makes me feel a certain kind of way. Yeah. yeah. I mean,
0: I, I hear what you're saying, but I also understand on the on the flip side of that, people will waste your time. <laughs> Indiscriminately, like especially more and more now people they're operating um, from a place that you owe it to them to give them your time and your time as a founder CEO, you know, is extremely valuable, especially the the busier you get. And so, I, I mean, I understand why they can't take every email or every call, but on the same side, I, I see what you're saying too, is just being, being approachable. And when you can, you know, reaching back out, I had a, um, a young lady reach out to me, um, uh, this was just last week and I didn't really have time to, t- to talk to her. Like I'm, I'm busy, you know, I'm, I'm running, uh, you know, businesses. And, um, but I carved out the time, I hopped on the phone with her and, 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 and my hope is that. I can do that mo- enough times where people get, well, okay, he's, he's busy, but he does his best to, like you said, not forget where he came from. Cause similar to you, I built this business with no boots or any bootstraps. So, so, but at the same time, I want to help pay that for it. So, um, so I get that. What's the biggest business lesson you've learned so far?
1: The biggest business lesson I've learned is uh, not to give up. If you can see yourself doing something, I was always told, my grandmother was like, if you can see yourself doing something, go after it. Dream big. The day you stop dreaming big is when we have a problem. And uh, you know, I was highly aware of what I was getting into versus sports versus just dealing with everyday businesses with tech. You know, a lot of businesses, you mentioned tech and everybody frees up because it can be frightening because you figure, I can't afford that. This is one of the reasons why I don't have any investors because it message with my why. If I can sit down and listen to somebody's vision or their dream and what they want to do, tell me where you are in... I work with you where a lot of time I get so many phone calls. Well, this company won't talk to me unless I have 10 grand. Huh? Okay. When can you come in? And have a conversation, and tell me what you want to do. And you'd be amazed. You know, a lot of times with entrepreneurs, what kills dreams is the lack of revenue, cash flow. It's so many bright people out here, but a lot of times people give up. So for me, being that I carve my own way, I feel like a part of me paying it forward is working with somebody for the cost of whatever it is that they're trying to do. You want an e-commerce site, okay, this is what it is. Let's structure this. You know, I'll work with you. Let's go. You know, and it's kind of like, it's kind of like, a huh Yeah. You sure? Sure. Documents coming. All you got to do is sign off. You know what? Put down blah, blah, blah. You know, let's go. You know, and we'll walk with you every step of the way. Any questions, call me. I love being able to do that. When you have investors, which most of these tech giants do, you can't do that. Or you are tacking a fine line because these investors want a certain return back on their money. So and you got to make a profit. So that's why I'm looking right now where I'm like, if you got investors now, it got to be a pain in the butt right now because they're calling you, if not every day. And they're telling you what you got to do. So it's not like you're not in control anymore. So that's what happened. So and I've turned down so many investors, you know, um, not in a rude way, but I didn't get this far to hand over the keys to someone else to tell me how my brand should be ran.
0: Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, that that's important to know your why and to know um, to know what you're building, and to know what that looks like, uh, for some people, yeah, I, they, you may want a, a hundred investors, but for some people, and I think that's the key though, is, is knowing you
1: you know what? Somebody can give you $5 million. Could that propel you far ahead probably where you want to be and above? Sure. But why not be patient and stay intact and just work it through? So then when you get there, it's yours. Now your platform is even stronger. Now you can really get out here and do something. Like to me, there's a lot of companies and brands here that has huge platforms. To me, they could be doing a whole lot more with them, but they're not. And a lot of times it's hard to get them to share. So that's what I'm in the process of doing, building my own platform. My company was recently selected um, as a service provider for Sherman Phoenix. So we will be working with entrepreneurs in there as well with some tech solutions and stuff like that. So I'm excited about that because it's like I said, you get a chance to see people move forward, you know, to see where they thought something was not possible where it is possible where you can see a boost in your revenue, where you can make your business grow, where you don't have to go out and sit out and take that loan. We'll walk with you. We'll help push the brand. You know, we just don't build stuff and say, here, no. We going to post it, hey, look, come check out our new family member to the brand. You know, Elsie's podcast, you know, we just got done laying out his website. Please come out take a look. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what we do. Yeah, You know, so it's more of a personal type relationship that I try to have. And that's one of the main reasons why my steps has been kind of
0: meticulous that way. Got it. What's the biggest life lesson you you learned?
1: Uh, biggest life lesson. Actually, it's two of them. Actually, it's 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 five of them, but I'm gonna give you the top two. Okay. One of them is don't try to explain a million dollar idea to a small minded person. Mm. They just won't see it, mm-hmm. and if you sit there long enough, they'll try to talk you out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two. Don't give up. Mm. You know, I love when people tell me almost like they don't have to say it but like I can't do something. might mm-hmm. take me a little bit. I'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. But you better believe. Yeah. I'm going to do it. You know, mm-hmm. I just don't. You know, it's kind of like a pit bull on it. Mm-hmm. You know, once I'm, I'm started, I'm gone. Yeah. And I may have to veer away from it and go handle something else. Like, you know, I, I got four other businesses that I run also. Okay. So it's like, you know, they're all my children. So, you know, you got to make sure they all eat and handle different stuff. But I'm going to come back. Mm-hmm. And I'm always looking at how I can make each and every
0: one of them grow. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Cool, man. If people want to reach out to you, learn more about Arena Eats or the three other businesses <laughs> that you're running, how can they do that?
1: Uh, You know what? Um, I can be reached on uh, my office. Uh, 1433 North Water. Um, We're kind of remote right now, still kind of with the pandemic. But my office number is 414-553-9095. Or feel free to shoot me an email, Frederick Birchfield at technology.solutions. Come by the website, uh, uh, technology.solutions, app. check us out. Um, You know, we can just about compete with just about any one of our competitors out here, if not better. And that's not trying to bash anybody, but, you know, I believe in what we do. Cool, man. Well, I appreciate your time. Sounds good, man. I appreciate being here. Been looking for this. <laughs> yeah, so, I've been looking forward to it yeah. you know, as well. Yeah, this is good.
0: If you got value from today's show, we want you to join the Enterprises Elite email list for more nuggets and resources. And remember no excuses, just execution. Go get it.